It's the Robert Williams retrospective. How did his season go? Why he was the most impacted player by the Ime Udoka situation. And what's he going to be moving forward? Starter, reserve. We're going to talk about it with Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Brandon Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast drop directly to your device if you're a subscriber. So open up that podcasting app that you love to use. Subscribe. Get the show as soon as it drops. Watch the show on YouTube as well. Hop into the comments section. Would love to see you there. I'm John Corrales. I used to play once upon a time. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. Today's show all about Robert Williams. We're going to talk with Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston. He's the Robert Williams guy. What can Rob be this season? Can he come back and anchor a defense? There's some interesting numbers from when Rob came back as compared to what he used to be, uh, what they used to be before he he came back. Uh, can, can Joe Mazzula figure out a way to use him? What can we expect from the coach and how to use Robert Williams? It's it. This guy, Robert Williams, could be the most pivotal player not named Jalen or Jason next season. So let's just hop right into the discussion. It's me. It's Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston on Robert Williams. So, Chris, obviously, when we, you know, we put up the Rob Williams signal and mm. you're the guy that always answers this. Um, how does it feel? First of all, how does it feel to be the Robert Williams guy? I mean, I, seriously, you're the only person I think of. <laughs> If, if if I've tried to carve out any niche in this little tiny NBA world of ours, uh, I'm 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 thrilled that this is it. Like, there's a lot of lanes I could have could have carved out for myself. Like, excellent writer, deeply <laughs> deeply sourced info. Uh, no, I chose just be the guy who really really likes Rob Williams, <laughs> and uh, it's uh you know, uh, so so someone was asking me. It was funny. Uh, I was doing this interview. Ian Thompson was nice enough. He he does some stuff for Northeastern now, and obviously like like legendary NBA writer. And he he goes, you know, does does Rob know how much you love him? And <laughs> I said, I'm going to be honest. Like, if you lined up a bunch of goofy looking writer dudes and said, pick out Forsberg, I don't think he could do it. Because <laughs> it's I, not like it's not like when I go talk to him at practice, I'm like, hi, I'm that nerd who's on like. <laughs> pumping your tires right. all the time i it i don't think he could pick me out or or if you put you know i just i just don't think he could do it and so like uh i'm honored that has become part of my uh it follows me everywhere yeah and it's it's really nice when people come up to me and they're wearing 44 jerseys and it's it says williams the third instead of scalabrini or ainge um but yeah it's uh it's, yeah it's an, it's an interesting lane i've carved for myself that's my long-winded way of saying it. i enjoy it though <laughs> Rob, Rob is great. Um, just on a personal level. Um, he's always super nice. He always like, I think he actually answers 
more honestly more often than anybody uh, on that team. And I think you're right. I don't think he has any clue who any of us are. No he, chance. He sees us every day and he knows like he's that dude. He's one of the media. Right. But there's no chance. If, if you did a Jumbotron, put a picture <laughs> of us and the name, is. it would be like 0 for 10. Yeah. 0 for 10. And I'm okay with that. That's part of the charm. Did you, Were you covering the team when he first came on board? Yes. Okay. So do you remember he used to swear a lot? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. More than, like, more than he does now, yes. But it, which is crazy because like he'll, he'll, he'll still drop the, the occasional Louisiana charm uh, yeah. like curse word into, into it. And like, it's always a great one. Like it's, it's not just mother F and it's just like some, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's just the, where the placement of it, it's like, it's a very, it's, it can be, you know, mother F can be a, a, a very strong noun, but he uses it as an adjective, sometimes a verb. And it, it's always very good. And I, I enjoy it, but he, he used to swear so much that I think Austin age pulled him aside at one point and was like, Rob, love you. But like we're gonna be talking to the media every day. We need to like we need to to take that sort of southern charm out of you. And even though I very much enjoy it because the quotes were great, um, they 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 had to kind of remind him that it's uh, there's there's a way we answer questions, and it still sneaks out occasionally. But mm. I don't, that's that's part of the charm is that he is just who he is, and uh, he doesn't give a bleep what you think. That's that is true. That is true. He, I don't think he, he cares. Like he doesn't give a bleep about anything. He is the most <laughs> down earth. He's like, except I'll, I'll tell you what though. I do think that he is com- super competitive, like yes. all these other guys. And I do think he takes a lot of this stuff to heart. So I guess that leads us into his season here mm-hmm. where he, he obviously wants to be really good, right? He obviously doesn't want to be hurt and he understands that, the injuries take a toll and, and he wants to help and, and all of that stuff. And, and so he's willing to do whatever it takes. He, when, when he came back and was coming off the bench, he really did not seem to care at all that he would be in a bench role. He's, what, what do you need me to do? I'll yeah. do it. No problem. So, so I don't know. His season seems to be, I don't want to call it disappointing. How would you characterize his season. So it, it, I think it got off. Obviously having to do the second surgery start, starts you on the wrong foot, wrong leg, however you want to characterize that. I think the fact that they started so well, put him at ease. We, we ran a season highlight package and it was, it was funny to me that Rob pops up and he's like, you know, these, and I think he might've cursed in this. He said, you know, these guys held it down for me. You know, my guys were there for me kind of, you know, 21 and five before he even you know, was getting ready to come back on the court. And that was, that was huge for them, uh, for him to be able to do that. But I do agree. Like he wasn't himself for, you know, large stretches of the season. Even as he shook rust, it felt like, you know, he was still maybe a little bit hesitant. The role changed, you know, as much as you try to ease him in and then Derek White ascending to sort of like Stoddard and Joe Missoula's offense. And I think that kind of clouded things. Now credit to Rob, never bitched about it, never like, never complained, like just went out there and was like the one dude who you honestly believe when he says, I do not care what yeah. my role is. Like I'm going to embrace it. And even when it, you know, they shifted him to Stoddard in the playoffs, he was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to do what you asked me to do. And I, that's part of, again, of all the reasons I love him is like when someone else tells me they don't care about their role, I don't trust them. Rob, right. I genuinely believe 
does not care as long as they win. Because as you said, I think one of these, the things that people don't understand about him is how competitive he is and how much he wants to be out there, how much it, like the losses gnaw at him, even if he has this ability to sort of make it seem like everything just bounces right off of him. So um, I think he took their little ups and downs as personal as anybody. Uh, I think he was frustrated that he wasn't himself. We saw it in spurts. You know, there were stretches even of the playoffs where I was like, oh, look, he's he's kind of back. Um, but yeah, I'd be lying if I said it looked sort of like where it, it had stopped, you know, like even, even late in that golden state series, it's, it sort of felt like there was moments where he looked like Rob and, and, and then, you know, to, to kind of have to go under the second surgery and especially as late as it was just sort of short circuited everything that happened over the course of the season. And, you know, that's why when, you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but you know, that's why when people start talking about next season and, and like, you know, how is this team just going to run it back and be better? Like Rob is a big part of that. And, and yeah. we'll, we'll ramble more about that. Yeah. And, and I, I think no player had, had been impacted more by the Ime Udoka mm-hmm. uh, stuff than Robert Williams, simply because Joe Missoula comes into, uh, comes into the, the head coaching role and all he can do is scramble and he, he doesn't have time to have a, a full season to say mm-hmm. a full off season. I should say to, to say, okay, here's our plan here. Here are our assets. Here's where we're deficient. Uh, we know we've got Rob coming in. We have to take into account how long he's going to be out. How we, he, he doesn't have any time to think about that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Ime gets suspended. He gets the job. Uh, Media day happens a couple days later, and then boom, it's training camp, and it's circle the wagons time, and it's we've got to we got to prove that we're not a product of Ime Udoka, that it's the players who are here that are doing that that got themselves to the finals, and he was you know Ime was just a part of it, and so on and so on and so on. Rob is on the sidelines, and so them getting off to that hot hot start is, I think, a function of rallying around adversity, which mm-hmm. we know this team does, right? It, whenever sure. their adversity hits, that's when they're their best. And they were at their absolute best. And so then Rob comes back and, and I don't think it was just, I don't think it was very opportune for him for sure. when he came back. And it happened to coincide with the approximate time of that West Coast Golden State game where it seemed like that the Golden State game is the epicenter of everything kind of turning, everything going from yeah. the beautiful game basketball that they were playing to them struggling uh, because Rob comes back. You're not putting that on my boy, are you? Well, no, it just, but I think but it's part think of it. It's, it is part of it, right? Because they, they play Golden State. They're on that West Coast trip. It's Golden State. They lose. They lose to the Clippers by a ton. They had that, that was the wild game in LA, right? Where they, they blew the lead, they were getting blown out and then they came all the way back and that was just a crazy, crazy game. And then he comes back and then you have those three straight losses, Orlando, Orlando, Indy. And he's starting to play in those games and he's coming off the bench and that integration, like we knew it was going to be kind of dicey there. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's Rob's fault. It's not, I'm not putting it on Rob. But all of a sudden, the team hits a skid, yep. and then Rob comes back, and then it becomes, 
well, what are we ultimately going to do here? Right. Because and what ultimately are we? Like, right? right. Like, because I think that to me, that's the bigger story is that for 26 games, they were this offensive juggernaut playing this like style of basketball. And then Rob comes back and it's like, oh yeah, we need to kind of tap back into this. And they ultimately did, right? Like the, that, that stretch from essentially December 19th or December 12th, whatever the date was, uh, through the end of the season, I think they were the best defense in the league and, and climbed to the top three and, you know, did all those things and got ahead of Memphis and all that. But yeah, like there certainly was some clunkiness to it. And, you know, part of me thinks that that could have been handled better from, you know, all angles, right? Like, you know, Rob was trying to shake rust and figure out his role on this team. And the coach is trying to figure out, do we lean heavy into this new brand of basketball? And so, so to me, it's just, it, it, it was, it added a layer that they hadn't had to kind of consider to that point. And um, I think they eventually kind of tapped into it, but sure. They had that three game losing streak, the two Orlando losses and, you know, you know how much crap I had to hear? Like, oh, your boy comes back and now they're like the wheels are coming off. And and I'm thinking it 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 was just happened. Like to me, it was more incidental than coincidental. Um, it 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 was it it it, it was part of the process. And yeah, they I don't know if they ever quite figured it out along the way. The on-off numbers are really interesting with Rob. Where can they get to with him? Can they figure out uh, a lineup where he works, starter, not starter. That's all coming up next here with Chris Forsberg. First, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is going to help you with therapy because, uh, you know, I believe in therapy. Uh, I believe that everybody from uh, needing to kind of work through some longstanding things to just getting through your daily kind of grind of life. Sometimes you just need to talk things out with somebody who doesn't have a stake. You know what I'm saying? Somebody who isn't a significant other or a friend. You just need somebody who's completely neutral that can listen and give you honest, objective feedback. BetterHelp can help you do that because if you're not going to find some therapist that's just like around the corner or somewhere nearby, you have to drive to, you don't have time for all of that, right? BetterHelp does it all online. You can do it through text. You can do it through video. You can do it on the phone. They will find you licensed therapists. You just fill out a form. You fill out you know, a questionnaire. You will get matched with a licensed therapist. And the best part is, if it doesn't work, no pressure. You can switch. No charge. No nothing. I have benefited from therapy. I have gone through it. I've, it's it's kind of tough sometimes to admit some things about yourself, but you kind of work through some stuff and you, get, you move forward and you try to be a better person. And, um, that's a, a path that I've been able to take. And a lot of people have been able to take, and I think better help can help you take that, that journey as well. So entirely online, convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. And, uh, you can, you can keep going until you find the therapist that works for you. Visit betterhelp.com slash lockdown NBA today. You get 10% off your first month. That's better help. H E L P betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. Find more balance with better help. It's kind of funny. It's the, the numbers suggest a certain thing when you, you can always paint things a certain way before Rob, before Rob came back, the Celtics were first in offense, eighth in defense. And after Rob, they were eighth in offense and first in defense, mm. but the defensive numbers, they, they, they got one point per 100 possessions better. It's just that the teams at the top of the, the defensive before Rob came back, 
uh, Cleveland, Miami, Philadelphia, New Orleans, uh, Clippers, Grizzlies, and Heat all had defensive ratings less than 110. Wow. After the after Rob came back, Boston led the league with a defensive rating of 110.3. So the eighth in defense jumped to first may have been as much. The Celtics got a little bit better defensively with him, but the rest, the rest of the league came back. But offensively, and, that happens. And, and it does, yes. But offensively, the Celtics got down to uh, 116, uh, 116.8 when they were uh, 118.1. So their offense did drop off a couple of points mm-hmm. per 100 possessions. Spacing changed. You took a shooter off the floor. Think the like you said, the clunkiness of the offense. Uh, the big question with Rob has been from the beginning. Can he stay healthy enough? Can he come back to start the season at 100%? What does that 100% look like? And can he stay close to that 100% over the duration of the season so the Celtics can figure out, like you said, figure out who they are and stay who they are? So all great questions that I do not have answers to. But uh, what I would say is, yeah, like I don't know what 100% Rob looks like post two surgeries. Like I'm hopeful that it looks like, you know, the Rob we knew at the end of, of 22, but you know, or, or pre-injury 22, but I, 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 you know, can I say that unequivocally? No, you know, like there, there's anytime you start messing with knees, it's, there's going to be some residual fall down or, or, or whatever. So uh, I'm hopeful. I think, I think he needed to learn how to play differently anyway. You know, he needed to learn to play a little bit more lower to the ground and, and not jump on yeah. everything. And, you know, he, right. I think he's made strides there. Um, but certainly, I'm, I'm eager to see what it looks like when, you know, and I want to knock on every piece of wood I have in this building because, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm hopeful that he has a full off season first to rest and then to sort of ramp up and just be himself when camp arrives. And I hope that, you know, the fact that there hasn't been any surgery announcements to this point suggests that, you know, the, the basic amount of rest will be enough to get him to that point for the start of the season. I, I do not know what a, a Rob Williams who hasn't had to endure some sort of off season chaos is like, you know, because from rookie year with the whole situation there and just like kind of chasing his tail and, 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 and all that. And now to, to this, to the, to the two off season surgeries. And um, so I'm eager, I'm eager to see it, you know, uh, if it does work and you can establish a return to a defensive priority, I think could be really good for this team because you can still put a lot of offensive firepower around him. And I think they've proven that even with Rob on the floor, when they know how to use him and you're, you still have four shooters on the floor, you can be very successful. Um, And you can really lean into the defensive identity, which um, I know, I don't think they ever quite did this past season. They never quite got back to the point that it felt like the steamroller at the end of 22 that could lock in defensively whenever it needed to. And, um, to me, that is a big part of kind of getting back to what makes them so good is when they can do that. And when that is the identity and you you hope for offensive progression, but you can't bank on it and offense always gets tough in the playoffs. So for me, can Rob be sort of the, the fulcrum of, of getting back to being a defensive team? He is their most important defensive player. And, you know, I'll, I'll do respect to Marcus smart who, you know, 
if if there's a, a comparison I could make to you, maybe I'm the Marcus Smart guy, but nowhere near to your level of of being Thank the Robert Williams guy. But I'm, I'm certainly I'm certainly very pro Marcus Smart, but uh, it's it, it all hinges on Rob in today's league with how little you can how little physicality there is mm-hmm. on the perimeter. You need a guy like Robert Williams to be back there, in, in regardless of how healthy he is. He's at least the guy when you know, someone turns the corner and they see Rob there, they just keep on turning and, mm-hmm. you know, reset the offense. That's an important guy to have. Uh, the fear of Rob protects the rim as much as Rob does. For sure. So I guess the, this might be the question for Joe Mazzula in this offseason. Does he, you, how does he use Rob? How do you, how do you get the type of offense that you want out of the Celtics how do you use presuming that let's just say Brogdon is the guy who goes and I'm sure Rob's going to be happy about that because never Brogdon, threw a, never threw a damn lob to him in his life. Not once, not once. So <laughs> someone, and I, look, I, I, I've thrown a lot of, and it's not intended to be Brogdon slander. Um, as you probably are well aware, I, I'm with you on the idea that it's unfortunately the way things have shook That's out with the CBA probably. and everything, it's just gotta be him. And at least you're not going to tell the guys with if you're if you're if you're uh, smart pumping the tires, then we're certainly not going to come on this podcast and talk about him being the odd man out. So, you know, whether him or Pritchard or both. um, Yeah, like I just think he's unfortunately the guy. But there was some some weird clunkiness with Brogdon, like him and JB Mm -hmm. lineups were terrible. And yes. there was no rhyme or reason for it. it; just never worked. And even Brogdon with the, the 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 Jays and like late game lineups never found it. And I do think part of it was like he just he just had a blind spot for Rob. And like I think everybody, and you know that's why I like I I probably irrationally like Marcus too. Is Marcus knows is the one dude that knows how to utilize Rob. Well, yes. they all got to figure that out. Like everybody to a man has to understand. It's fun. Uh, I, they fully know how to play with five out. You need to learn how to play when Rob's on the floor and maximize that weapon because um, they did not maximize it for long stretches of the season. Why can't Marcus Smart just get up in front of the film session and you say, hey, today it's Robert Williams lob throwing class. And why can't Smart just say, hey, when you turn the corner and you see these guys in this configuration, this is where Rob goes. This is when you should be throwing it. This is where you should be looking for him. And he can go get this. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel like because Brogdon never got the training camp, and, and it's such a huge thing that he didn't go through training camp, you know, that yeah. Malcolm never got that kind of to work through in game speed and preseason and all of that stuff, just reps with with mm-hmm. Rob and how he could go get the ball and where he likes the ball. And when, you know, when Rob came back, John, I'm, first, I, I'm a terrible basketball player. It would take me three minutes being on the court to be like, oh, I can just throw like an awful lob at the basket. And this dude's going to go up and slam it home. Like, I understand I, like, that. To your point, like, I think if, I, I think what happens is Marcus Smart comes in the, in, into training. Can be like hits the mic. He's like, hi, I'm, uh, I'm Marcus Smart. For those of you who don't know, know me. Uh, so if you're ever in a pinch, all you have to do on this basketball team is throw it up anywhere near that glass thing. <laughs> and Rob's going to go slam it. And it'll be cool. Like he might, you know, he might, la- he might launch late. Sometimes he might throw a really bad one. Like I'm prone to do at times, but more often than not, he's just going to be an, an easy asset to get easy points. And, uh, I think you should, you should do that more often. And that has been my Marcus. Smart TED talk for today. 
I agree. I agree. However, Malcolm is new or was new. Um, he went through half a season without Rob and then a, a portion of the season with Rob working his way back. So not really at full strength, not out there catching lobs or anything like that. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking that, that, that there, maybe- and, and you know what? I'll, I'll throw this in there. Like, uh, that second unit was constantly in flux. So as, as Malcolm Brogdon is finally getting set with Rob Williams, Grant Williams stops playing. So like, you know, right. part of it is, I think there is just a genuine, genuine, like, what am I doing? Like when I'm out here, what, 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 is, what do we, what do we do? And, and for large portions of the season, it was like, okay, Malcolm, just like go at the basket and make something happen. Cause that's what we need. And, you know, again, so a lot of that comes down to coaching to me and I don't want to put it all on Malcolm. But I do think, you know, if, before the season, I had a, I said a certain like level of what I thought Malcolm Brogdon would be, and at least playmaking wise, that didn't bear itself out. And I understand though, like also, like, he was six man of the year. I like, and he deserved right. that award. And you can't argue with like the output. I just think he had to morph his game a little bit, and it didn't quite align with what maybe could have maximized that group as it went on later in the year. As as I've been saying in the podcast, I think I think Brogdon's season was like eighty five percent successful, which is very very successful. Yeah. But there's like there is a legitimate fifteen percent of his season where you can say he never quite got it going with Rob. He definitely didn't go got to get it going with with Jalen, which means you he didn't get it going with the Tatum and Jalen lineups yeah. either. Um, and that's look that's part of why Brogdon got in here. But that's a different podcast. It's it Rob. Is. It's Rob. And his, where does Joe Missoula ultimately go with Rob? We'll get into that starter reserve discussion and why I think this summer will be huge in figuring out how to properly use Robert Williams. We'll do all of that next. First, today's show brought to you by Ibotta. If you're watching your closet grow after purchasing all of this season's latest trends, you can also watch your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta. You get real cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you that cash back on hundreds of grocery items, uh, from produce to personal care to pantry goods. You can link a loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. Super easy. A typical basket of groceries, $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 because of inflation. You can earn two and a half times that in cash back, real cash back, or even more possibly, depending on how much you use Ibotta. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers as well. When you start using Ibotta, that includes Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, more. So go to the Ibotta app on the Apple Store, the App Store, or Google Play. Ibotta is offering you Five dollars just for trying it out. You got to use the code LOCKED when you register. It's on the App Store and Google Play. Download it for free and use the code LOCKED. That's I B O T T A. I B O T T A. I bought it in the Google Play Store or the App Store and use the code LOCKED. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Go check out Locked On NBA Mock Draft Special. It's all right here and bigger than ever. Follow along. The entire first round in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. Now, let's continue the conversation with Chris Forsberg. 
So, so some of that's on on Joe, right? Like so, okay, hundred percent, right? Like I I need Joe to better better maximize the asset too. Like understand that, you know he he's going to have to step outside his comfort zone a little bit. I know he wants to play five out and have five shooters on the floor, but he needs to embrace the weapon that Rob can be, and you know put Rob in position to better. Like I keep hearing people say, oh. Rob's been in Boston five years now, hasn't learned a post move. I saw some tweet the other day and I was like ready to rage. I'm like, what have they ever asked Rob to do a post move? Like, you know, like it, they need to better maximize his ability to pass the ball from the high post. Like these That's are 100% like, true. I would rather Rob be facilitating from the top of the key than Jalen Brown. Like I, sometimes I think I'm not a basketball coach. I'm not, I, I'm a, I'm a dude who watches a lot of basketball and says, wow, there are teams that really maximize and get their players to play to the strengths of what they do. And I don't, one of the faults of the 23 Celtics will ultimately be, they never quite tapped into what they all do really well at uh, for, for long stretches of the season. And I think that complicated the process. So I think if I'm Sam Cassell and Charles Lee and Phil Pressy now, and all these dudes as they come in and sit down with Joe Missoula, I'd be like, you know, kind of looking at this roster, like, you think there's ways that maybe we can take some of the stress off of Jalen and maybe some more high pick and rolls with Rob and Marcus smart and just like, see how that goes. Uh, and the, and the other thing here that at play is like what you, your, 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 your ultimate question as I ramble here is like, what is the starting lineup next year? And I think I would rather see, instead of having Rob come off the bench and be sort of that backup question, I think it's maybe time for Al to take that step back, be their backup big and, do you bring like does Grant if he's back here be the power forward or do you go smaller and go Marcus, Derek, Jalen, Jason, and Rob and see what happens? Like I don't even know off the top of my head like exactly what that lineup did last year because I don't think we saw a ton of it. Um, but like those are the questions I would have. Like, is there a way that you start Rob and and Rob single big is probably not ideal because you want him to float and maybe Grant's not a great option either. Cause like, are you putting him on the Embiid's of the world? Although I guess it's some of the better matchups. So these are, these are tough co- questions and tough, complicated mm-hmm. questions that sort of need an answer of how the roster is built out from here. And maybe I'd feel different if they, if they, if they acquire, if they use Brogdon to get like a starter level center, maybe then I'm like, okay, maybe it does make more sense for Rob to come off the bench. But I think if I'm being honest, like I think Rob is a huge part of their ceiling overall. And I'd rather see him start, and you figure out that four spot next to him and, you know, whether that's, again, going small or having a second big, that's what Joe needs to determine. Yeah, I, I've been saying all along that I, I my, my feeling this offseason will be that that Brogdon could be used to get your number, your, your four. Um, and you look, we, we don't know how Al Horford's going to age. We don't know where that's going to go. Uh, that double big lineup's going to be interesting. Um but I think Brogdon can help solidify that four spot. That might mean Grant Williams ends up going because you can get somebody to do most of what he does at a significant discount. And the, look, the money matters at this point. And so, but that all of that makes Rob more important to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I would want him as a starter. Um, it is, it is not lost on me now that in Phil Pressey, Charles Lee and Sam Cassell, they have added a bunch of former point guards onto the bench. If this coaching staff can't figure, can't figure out how to throw a lob, how to get somebody to throw right to get Robert <laughs> Williams the ball, somebody on that damn staff has to know 
this is how you you play with a big in in you know it's not just on Marcus Smart. So uh, don't forget Brad Stevens was a I believe a floor general himself back in the day. Oh yeah so, yeah, yeah yeah that's that's true that's we true are overflowing and- Tony Dobbins. Like literally, I gotta think Matt Reynolds was like running point for for teams. Like so, this, there should be some 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 guys who say, just throw it up the rim. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree. Like I I love the idea. I have loved the idea of Robert Williams. I mean, dribble handoffs, you know, pitchbacks, all of that stuff with Rob at the high at the high post. The the issue is that they they do tend to double off of Rob, but that's when he breaks to the rim. Like if, if he's, if he's doing a dribble handoff and both guys go to the ball handler, what Marcus smart does very well is he just says, Oh yeah, sure. Go, go follow me. I'm going to dribble out here. Boom. Here's the lob. So that type of thing. But I also do believe that you need to have a preseason to solidify. Like you need that preseason yeah. to make that your offense. The, when when December comes around, and and really, I mean, look at the game log. He didn't start a game until January 9th, yeah. and he still only played tw- like twenty three minutes. So he's it, it that that's halfway through the season, right? That literally is game forty one. Yeah, I think I think when I was talking to Brad after the season, he said something like, "We didn't have Brad, we didn't really have Rob in that role for forty five games," and so it was, like it just shows you, yeah, like halfway through the year, and they're still kind of. And I, I want to give Missoula, like, I mean, we keep talking about how much of a tough situation he was thrown into. Like, this is part of it. Like, not 100%. only did he not have a chance to establish any sort of things out of the gate, and then you have to adjust on the fly. Like, I want to, I want to give the 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 leeway here for, for him to like really grow. And I do think like just getting a year under his belt and having that time is important. And I think that's so, sort of what's lost. You know, I don't, I don't mean to keep diverting to bigger topics with, for, for the Rob cast here, but like it's, it's so much as antsy and as frustrated as people are with the way that this year played out. Like, I think so much of what this team's potential next season hinges on is incremental growth from your star players. And I would throw Rob and Derek white and Marcus smart into that equation, like your core guys. And like just Joe being more comfortable, being able to install a system, being better able to maximize it. You know, I do think a huge part of what fell them this season was that they didn't have a lot of like audibles in the, in the system to sort of deal with those changes and deal with, with, with instances where the offense went cold. And I, I just think they have to be better equipped next season. Yeah, and, and I think one important thing for everybody to remember about Missoula, just because this was what he was his first season, does not mean this is exactly how he's going to be moving forward. Now, it's it's very difficult to move on from a bad first impression, right? And like, if people don't like him, then it's going to be infinitely harder for for people to end up liking the job that he does. Um, but I am very curious to see how the off season full of planning. Uh, I, I keep joking. You, you, you take you, the ability to take your staff and disappear into a log cabin in you know, foster Gloucester, you know, area, Rhode Island in the middle of nowhere and say, okay, guys, how do we use these players? And, and to have, all of the ideas put into, uh, you know, onto paper or onto a computer. I don't know what do they would do. Shared Google doc. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't even know what they do nowadays. 
but whatever it is, everybody pours their thoughts into a, you know, a place and then you sort through and be like, okay, this is good. I like that. I didn't think of that. Or that becomes the brainstorming thing. You know, just like anything, when we put together rundowns for a show and you're trying to figure out how to do probably like Celtics post-op, like, what are we going to talk about? Like, what about with this? What about that? And you brainstorm and maybe you finish on a play in a place where the original idea wasn't what it was, but you got to a good place. So Joe with a staff and experienced staff, staff that has varied experience. I'm curious to see if we come back at the beginning of the season, he goes, Nope. Yep. Five out shoot 53 pointers. It's still the same thing. I hope not because Rob is incredibly important. I think he needs to start. I think he needs to anchor this defense. I'm okay with the eighth ranked offense and the top ranked defense yes. going into the season. I'm fine with that. And Rob is integral to making both things happen. Yeah. So, so Sam, like, like I said, uh, not an NBA coach, but when in doubt, just play Derek and Rob more. Just like, <laughs> like baseline. Like if, if you're in panic mode, just play those two dudes a whole bunch more. And I feel like good things will happen. Like their net ratings tell me like yeah. good things will happen. And I think that's another thing that's lost on Rob as, as up and down as the season was, what was he plus 11.4 overall? Like if, if he had, if he had qualified, he would have been third in the NBA behind Jokic and Aaron Gordon in net rating. That's crazy. Right. And I think Aaron Gordon's net rating had something to do with Jokic. So, I mean, so obviously, right. And and one other thing before you, you mentioned Gloucester Rhode Island, please, Joe Mazzula. If for some chance you are spending your off seasons watching our podcast. And if so, please, I mean, I, I I do appreciate the, uh, uh, probably more so here than, than Celtics talk. So, um, Newport is lovely in September. Uh, I know that Stevens <laughs> has a great affinity for the Arabic Center. Angling it's, for the Newport, it's, I it's, love it. It. I know that. Look, we're all a little bit sore. The last time we were there was 2019. Did not go as planned, or 2018 and 2018, 19 season. Uh, Kyrie taking pictures on the cliff walks did not go mm. the way we thought. But I will say. The Rogers Recreation Center. It's lovely. The, the cliff walks. John is welcome to take I you around second. second beach. Absolutely. And, um, like, look, if you want a field trip to Pawtucket, John can facilitate that. <laughs> we can go look, over to Cranston. Pawtucket has it. plenty of great breweries. You know, yes. we, they're, they're really up and coming. India Point, we can go over and do the Narragansett Brewery. It's beautiful now. It's not the, mm-hmm. the it's not your father's. Uh, you know, Quint is is in and the shark is is it it, it it you can't even get it at the brewery if, if I'm being honest. Uh so uh but like I do think if if nothing else comes out of this podcast beyond playing Rob <laughs> more, just we need to get training camp. Training camp Newport. Um I'm told that on campus they watch the town. 40 to 50 times per week. Um, there is, is there a, an old movie theater there that we can get like a second uh, old down, movie theater? I think they filmed Hocus Pocus 2 outside of, uh, you know, down by Lower Thames. There's yeah. the movie theater. So I, I think we could make that happen. Um, yeah, just like more than anything, I need to stress that uh, Newport is the spot for the vibes to change. Please mm. do not make me spend like 10 days in Alston Brighton. As much as I love Alston Brighton, um, it is not Newport. And oh, okay. uh, 
I just like that. That's I please make this the promo clip because I need, <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need them to understand. And and and, and it's funny because I think I think the Celtics are. Uh, I don't know if it's this weekend or next week, and they're doing some of their some of their uh, off season business partner stuff down in Newport. And I do hope that it just rekindles a little bit of that magic and reminds them. Yeah. Uh, Jamestown golf course is beautiful. Nine hole track. Uh, Newport national is right up the road. And um, please, please <laughs> awful awfuls for everybody. Awful awfuls. Absolutely. Love it. I'm very pro Newport for training camp. I would love to see it. Um, maybe a little change of scenery would help. So and hey, as a Rhode Islander, yeah, Newport in September, I'm in. Thanks for listening, everybody. I really appreciate you. I uh, hope you enjoyed the, the the podcast here with Chris. Um, trying to bring in as many different people as I can here from time to time to add some extra voices here as we kind of dissect what happened this past season so we can find the best way forward. Um, obviously, when things happen, if rumors happen, uh, we will continue to give you that stuff and react to that on the podcast. The draft is this week, so I'll react to, to what happened on draft night if there is much happening on draft night. Uh, still yet to see what the Celtics, so it might the Celtics might be holding something, so we might hear from Brad Stevens. If that happens, I'll bring it to you uh, on draft night. So uh, stay here, keep it, you know, subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. It's still a Monday through Friday podcast, still five days a week through June, through July, might tone it down a little bit in August and September, but that would only be three days a week. So still giving you more podcasts than anybody, anybody, anywhere. So subscribe, get onto that YouTube channel. If you're new to the YouTube channel, understand that I'm here very often, all the time, five days a week through the end of July at the very least. And then back by when the season starts, it's a five day a week podcast. Please subscribe if you're a regular subscriber or would love it. If you shared the podcast, tell your friends, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.